0: That's heritageradionetwork.org slash 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: This piece was brought to you by Roberta's. Roberta'spizza.com I'm HRN's Executive Director Katie Mosman-Wadler with a preview of this week's episode of Meat and 3, our weekly food news roundup. Last month, Hurricane Florence walloped parts of North Carolina. According to the Weather Channel, it was the wettest tropical storm to ever hit the Tar Heel State. So how did the restaurant industry respond? Some helped FEMA weather the storm, while others got to work feeding people on the ground.
2: We just walked in and said, we know how to cook, what can we do? They said, I need you guys to just cook 150 pork loins, and we were just like, uh, okay. Okay. <laughs>
1: Now, the attention needs to be on Florence's long-term effect on North Carolina's farming community.
2: The general mood of farmers is one of certainly resilience and almost feels like it's the normal course of business to just get hit by a gigantic hurricane and need to just keep on going.
1: So tune in to this week's Meet and 3 on Heritage Radio Network, available wherever you listen to podcasts.
2: Cutting the Curd on the Heritage Radio Network. This is your host, Elena Santigate. Those of you who've been listening to my episodes over the past few months know that I'm very interested in different approaches to the retail model here in our beloved cheese biz. This is in large part because I will always be a retailer at heart, and also because I know how hard it is to be successful in cheese and specialty retail. Making cheese retail work from a bottom line perspective and from a livable life perspective is a heavy lift, and it's an endeavor my guests today know all too well. Joining me in the studio today are Laura Downey and Chris Palumbo, owners and cheesemongers at Fairfield and Greenwich Cheese Companies and the Cheesemonger Box. Laura and Chris, thank you so much for trekking down to Brooklyn for the show.
1: Thanks, Lena. Thanks for having
2: us. So I want to start with some facts about Laura and Chris for any listeners who haven't been following their upward trajectory in the cheese (laughs) retail space. They opened the Fairfield Cheese Shop in May 2009. That's in Fairfield, Connecticut, just about an hour north of New York City. And then in December 2014, they opened a second location, the Greenwich Cheese Company, in neighboring Greenwich, Connecticut. In a more recent development, they also launched a new business, Cheesemonger Box, almost exactly one year ago. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep, one year. Laura and Chris are true owner-operators of all three businesses. They're as hands-on as you can get, and I'm always impressed with their energy and enthusiasm. They're still genuinely passionate about the products they sell, their staff, their customers, and the artisan cheese industry as a whole. So... I want to start out with a question for you, too. How would you... And this is... this is, I'm curious about it, having been into both of your stores and knowing you for quite some time. But also, I think for our listeners who've never been in the shops, how would you each define your niche? Like, what is what is it that makes Fairfield Cheese Company and Greenwich Cheese Company and your approach as a whole different? What are you doing that's a little bit differently?
3: Yeah, so... For me, it, you know, we're small batch artists in shops, so everything that we pick for the store, as well as the cheese in the case, you know, that's what we're seeking out. So we're not going to carry 10 manchegos. Hmm. We're going to try to find the most authentic farmstead, hmm. raw milk, unwaxed manchego that we could find. So Got it. That's, that's kind of our, that's what we kind of set ourselves apart from, okay. from some of the other bigger
1: shops and shops. Yeah, I, w- I would say definitely that. Um, the curation, mm-hmm. you know, we don't have 200 cheeses. We have... Yeah, how many do you have? 75. Oh, sweet spot. Kind of the yeah, sweet spot. Yeah, we might spot. get up
3: to like 80 or 90 during the holiday season. Right. yeah,
1: yeah. So it's, it's pretty curated. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I think the curation definitely sets us apart. I think the second thing that really sets us apart is the service. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that... Um, we work really really hard on that service yeah so
3: service and education so yeah. so part of the service is to educate the customers mm-hmm. and we work really hard at educating our people mm. so we take them up to vermont we take them with us to acs we, we do mm. things like that so if we can get you know them into it and stimulated then they're sharing that information with the customers Educate customers, you know
2: buy more cheese understand what they're buying exactly don't question the sticker price And we'll
3: and we'll trust us to pick for them
2: right right
3: which is what you what you really want
2: Right, especially when
1: you're taking such care to curate the selection,
3: right?
1: Yep. Exactly. Um, I think that uh, some of the um, other things that we do that that maybe help us stand out is, you know, definitely the curation, the customer service, Mm -hmm. the education. I mean, we, we've been running cheese school Mm -hmm. at our shop since the beginning. Okay. What's cheese school? Um, (laughs) That's another business. (laughs) Is it an official business? Cheese school
3: of Connecticut. Uh
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So we, since we opened in May of 2009 in September of 2009, we started our first cheese school series. Okay. So we run classes each season. Uh, winter, spring, summer, fall, mm-hmm. usually anywhere from like seven to eight different classes. Cheese 101. Pretty much Chris and I have taught almost all of them. We've wow. had some staff start to help us with that. Yeah. Um, but we find Cheese School makes the best customers. And how many people attend one class?
3: So, yeah, the total, you know, the maximum is 22, 20 to 22. Hmm. And um, we usually at least have 10 people, so...
2: And is this different from the cheese dinners that I know you've done? So
3: it's part of the same series. Ah, so okay. we would we, we do, every quarter, we try to bring in a cheesemaker or a producer and or an importer and do a, a five-course meal with their, with their cheeses highlighting. Yeah.
2: I can't believe so. I've never been to one. <laughs> I really need to go. We have one coming up. Yeah, with come. Columbia. Yeah, ah, Columbia. Fun. So, uh, okay, you mentioned that cheese school makes the best customers. Tell me more about that. How do people find out about it? And what are those, what's the journey of that customer? Like how do you, which customer comes and then what happens to them? How do they become the best customer?
3: So when we first started, it was, um, we used to put out on, on our email list and, Pretty much everybody would call, you know, within within a couple couple weeks they were calling and filling up the classes.
2: And they just called to sign up. Yeah. No online and sign up.
3: Nope. There was no there was. This is the when we first started. Mm-hmm. Then we switched over, Laura had a great idea, we switched <laughs> over to a brown paper ticket, kind of took it out of our hands because people would call and Cancel and and shuffle. and. There's some
1: administrative work there. It was an administrative nightmare. (laughs) Because, yeah, yeah, the classes are really popular. But it really makes a good customer um, a couple of things. Okay. First of all, people don't know that much about cheese. It's kind of mysterious. They know they like it. And it can be intimidating. Yeah, they're kind of freaked out
2: by it. And with the fancy factor, some people think, like, maybe I
1: don't know enough. To, to be here, to even ask the right, right. question. Right, right. I, I've seen people come in, look through the case, and before you can even say hello, they oh. kind of scurry out. Oh no! That's so what I, want I think chase them in the parking lot. Exactly, <laughs> come, come back. back. Just have a little cheese. It's just cheese. It's, it's just cheese. Some cheddar. Exactly, it's really good cheese, but it's just cheese. <laughs> so you know, I think that it it definitely makes them really comfortable. They get to know us too. You know, mm. our shop. You know, we, we talk about mom and pop. I mean, obviously, Chris and I aren't married, but everyone thinks yes, we are. Chris
2: and Chris <laughs> and Laura are partners in business, but not in life. They exactly. have their own families.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have to tell everybody. that Everyone's like, really? Yeah. I'm like, yeah.
2: And <laughs> I, would, I would
1: say this probably makes for better marriages for each of you. Oh, definitely. <laughs> yes. Definitely. We, Chris and I obviously get along really well. So it, the partnership has worked really nicely. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, besides making really good customers um they get to know us a little bit yeah so that mom and pop factor yeah. i think it's hard once they've established a sort of a personal relationship with yeah, us yeah they get
3: vested in us right. so
1: they're interested. They want to hear everything we do. They want to hear everywhere we go. Right. They want to come with us. We're taking some people in next June for our 10th anniversary to France. Wow. With cheese journeys. Yeah. Very cool. So, we've already gotten several to sign up. Wow. So, you know, they really,
2: they're you probably I mean, you're probably considered friends.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. And I think when you have that kind of relationship mm-hmm. with your customers, it's it's sort of gold. It really is because they will never stop at a supermarket right. and pick up a piece of cheese. Right. And that goes back to this
2: idea of service. Yeah. You it's know, hospitality. It's total yeah. hospitality. And it transcends even any product category.
3: Yeah. Right. It's getting to know them, the names of their kids. Right. What they, Where they're going. That added value and if, to life. Yeah. Even yeah. if you can just say... You know, okay, I don't might not remember your name, and I might not remember what you got, but I knew you came in last week and got cheese. So how was your cheese that you got right. last
1: week? How did it go? Yeah, right. yeah. What happened? Right. Just recognizing they're, that they're
2: back, having a memory makes about them, them feel at all. good. Yeah. Totally. You know, yeah. it's funny. I had an independent pharmacy in my neighborhood, and I loved this pharmacy. The, the The pharmacy gave this type of service, and I loved it so much that on the day that I got married, my husband and I went into the pharmacy after our city hall wedding to celebrate with the pharmacy
1: cool. staff because
2: yeah. we love them so much. And I would always say like, Oh wait, don't get that at the other store. We could definitely
1: buy that from the pharmacy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think, you know, that that is definitely something our, mm-hmm. our shop that we've been able to, to do.
2: Now, did you find that it was tricky? Like, have you cultivated that in the Greenwich Cheese Company, the the second shop? And, and how have you juggled, you know, that sort of one on one, hands on. Yeah,
1: I, I think it's been a little more challenging in Greenwich, just mm. because. I mean, in the beginning, gosh, the first, probably the first three to four years in Fairfield, Chris and I were there pretty much twenty four seven, like constantly, yeah. open to died. close every weekend. Oh, the life, of exactly. An early, we had like one part time employee, oh. then we got one other part time employee. <laughs> it was like heaven, um, but we were pretty much there all the time. Right. So. You know, that kind of connection with our customers sort of happened pretty organically. Right. In Greenwich, you know, I think when we opened Greenwich, we were aware that that was gold Mm. and we needed to replicate. So, Mm. you know, it's easy if you've been, you know, curating a case for, you know, five or six years to replicate that. Right. Right. Um, but we knew that we had to form some kind of relationship with that with the people that are going to come in the mm. neighborhood, um, the rest of the people in Greenwich because we're in the Casco section of Greenwich. Right. So it's very neighborhoody, and a lot of people will walk over with strollers, mm. and they come two and three times a week. Wow. So it's it's definitely a neighborhood-driven store. Right. And then of course we are, we need the rest of Greenwich to come to. So were
2: you both there a lot in the, in the early days? And how much do you split your time between the shops? Also, this is a tag on question. This (laughs) is a three part question. Uh, Were you there in the early days? How much do you split your time between the two shops and how much of your time individually is spent at the counter versus doing the mini admin tasks that are involved in owning your own shop?
3: Yeah, I'll go first. Okay, you go first. So, for, <laughs> I spend more time in Greenwich than I do Fairfield. Okay. Um, in the beginning, uh, we were we were fifty fifty. We 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 spent a lot of time down there together because we wanted the customers to see us. And then you get the when you go back to Fairfield. Oh, where have you been? been? I missed yeah. you. And right. we're there every day. And it's like, you right. know, like, maybe you didn't see us because we were there in the morning and right. came back at, you know, eight o'clock at night. But yeah, um,
1: we're there. Every <laughs> I day. get a little defensive when they yeah. say they haven't seen me. I'm like, I think I was here 65 hours this past week. <laughs> <laughs> How could you have not seen me? <laughs> like, where have you been? <laughs>
3: yeah,
1: that's the real question.
3: <laughs> and when we first started out, we had a, a manager down there. And um, it was hard to get him him to understand our vision and understand this is in greenwich yeah okay so new shop he, new manager he, great job you know really took care of the cheese really well um but his life moved on and he moved on mm-hmm. and we actually had to jump up and, and spend a, a lot more time there and mm. i think it helped us even more yeah and I also my nephew christian i love you know christian yeah um he basically knows everybody in Greenwich. Ah. So he's like the mayor. He's our of, secret of weapon down there.
1: Secret yeah. weapon mayor of Greenwich. It's, it's impressive. I mean, he's young. I think he's might be the youngest CCP out there. Oh, he's like 21, the, oh 22. 22. Wow. Wow. So, so, yeah, exciting. I think he, in a sense, for is our customer service secret weapon down there because he does. He's been there since we opened. He used to work in the Fairfield shop and he mm. kind of started working some shifts down there and he loved it. Huh. So he decided that he wanted to stay in Greenwich. Yeah, wow. And there's
3: a great community in that in that store. Like I said, Laura, there's the the area of Costco has really got a, a good sense of community and they support us and they mm. want to support us. Mm. So like they want us to be successful. So they, they come and shop and that
1: really helps. Yeah. 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 Yep.
2: Wow. Did so, I answer
3: all three questions? I think so.
2: <laughs> oh, well, actually, I want to know how much of your current time is spent between admin and oh, right. on the floor. floor. Because this is, I do think you guys as, yeah. it, you know, it's fun. When I, whenever I do a show, I ask the guests uh, ahead of time, listeners, I say, oh, tell me how you'd like to be introduced. And this is always actually a really telling question because i'm i'm often asking this of people like laura i think i've known you for almost 10 years yep so that seems like a silly question but it's always telling and i thought it was really interesting that you guys answered with wanting to be introduced as owners and cheesemongers which i thought was really cool yeah Yeah. and you
1: are you're Mm -hmm. on the counter we are definitely on the counter Mm -hmm. um we are on the counter at least I mean, bare minimum, every Friday and Saturday. We're closed on days, but mm-hmm. the minute Friday comes, that that is what we focus on. So, so you're there all day those two days? All day, yeah. Time usually, on. like, an opening shift, a 9 to 5 or 9 to 6, because mm-hmm. we never leave on time. <laughs> um, and then even during the week, there's usually, like, maybe on a Monday, I'll open Fairfield with one other person. Yeah. And when the second shift comes in, then I get to... Go you do could. all the other right. stuff I need to do. Order, Order cheese, buy right. cheese, the paper goods. Um, yeah, so you know, Chris and I have sort of split up our um, duties. Mm-hmm. So I do almost all the cheese buying mm-hmm. um, in the shops. He's sort of the king of supplies. Uh-huh.
3: Personnel. Yeah,
1: okay. and Got it. and definitely the the personnel guy right. human resources not so much my <laughs> strong suit well you're, so you're, you're it, good, good at rallying the, the team there in the front
3: cheese but, and marketing yeah yeah.
1: yeah I mean I, I love buying cheese I think it's really fun yeah. um, I love the best. talking to all the people I have to get to talk to every week mm-hmm. so I, I really love that part of it and then I do all the marketing kind so of. I write the newsletter I do all the social media for all the businesses wow Um yeah it's a lot. I do yeah. all, like, you know, if we need to get a poster, I am designing that myself. You know, <laughs> we pretty much try to keep everything in-house the best yeah. we can.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, so, yeah, so I I think that we're we're behind that counter a lot. Yeah. We are. I was there all day Saturday. I sold cheese all day. I would say maybe about... Nine to six. Hmm. 15
3: or 20 hours a week.
1: 15 or 20 hours a week, yeah. And, and then yeah. And then
3: the rest of it is...
1: Right. behind the scenes. Yeah. The
2: yeah.
3: office and bills right. and yeah all like, that fun stuff. And-
2: all right, well, <laughs> we're going to take a quick break actually. and um, when we come back, let's talk a little bit about some of the big thinking that you guys that I know you guys have been doing about the independent retail landscape in the cheese business. Um, so listeners, stay tuned. We'll be right back.
0: My name is Brandon Boyd, co-owner of Roberta's, a super-duper awesome place. Roberta's is a very, very,
3: very, very proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. We're also
0: super awesome. Thank you, Heritage.
3: Wow,
2: that was an amazing commercial. <laughs> I, uh, I was doing air guitar, admittedly. Yes, I, I saw I, you. I didn't need to admit that since <laughs> okay. we're not in a visual medium, but I thought that was only fair. Yes. <laughs> okay. Welcome back to cutting the curd. Uh, so I'm Elena Santigade and I do air guitar in the studio when the commercials are going and I'm here with Laura Downey and Chris Palumbo owners and cheesemongers at Fairfield and Greenwich cheese companies and the cheesemonger bon- box and cheese school of Connecticut, yep. which is a new business that I just found out <laughs> is its own entity today. Um, keep adding. yeah, <laughs> just keep adding, just tag something on every you know year and a half or so. Um, so so in the first half of the show we really we did a deep dive into your approach what makes these You know, independent retail shops that you guys own and operate special. And on the second half of the show, I really want to talk about some of these bigger ideas that we have been batting around for months. Listeners, Laura and Chris and I have, you know, anytime there's like a cheese gathering, we kind of huddle together and say like, what should we talk about on the radio? (laughs) Let's talk about some big ideas. Um, And I know that Laura was really struck by the show that I did with Andy Hatch um, back in the spring. When Andy sort of addressed some of his concerns about, you could even say it was sort of like the middle, the mid-segment, mid-sized segment segment of our industry um, at every link in the supply chain. I think Andy, uh, listeners, for those of you who don't know, Andy Hatch is a cheesemaker at Upland's Cheese Company in Wisconsin, and he runs a a self-defined family-sized business, which I would say your business, Laura and Chris, is also... Definitely family us, yeah. yeah, you Definitely know, you guys size. are running it. You have a, a pretty tight crew. Um, and Andy expressed a lot of thoughts about how each link in the supply chain needs to think big about the cheese industry as a whole and how we can save it from becoming essentially a... Uh, you know, four or five enormous cheesemakers making cheese to sell to four or five conglomerate distributors who sell to four or five conglomerate right. retail establishments. So um, let's open the floor. What do you think?
1: I have a lot to say. Okay, about that. let's hear it. So, you know, the one thing that Andy talked about... Um, that struck me was, you know, growing the market for right. artisan cheese. And that was sort of his charge to the retailers. Yeah. He and I, that I heard that and <laughs> I thought, well, you know, for us, that that has been a mission at our store. That's mm. what we're looking to do. We want our customers to come in, you know, yes, when they're having a party or a celebration mm. or date night. Yeah, that's great. But I think by cultivating the relationship and educating them about the farms and who makes it and why does this taste so good. We've had people say, why does it taste so good? Right. Um, and when we can share why mm. and how with them, they start to come in maybe when they're just looking for a piece of cheese for lunch mm. or for breakfast cheese mm. or, you know. So, you know, in this country, we think about cheese artisan cheese, mm-hmm. specialty cheese, as sort of fancy food. Right. So I've always wanted to change. I, I, I want to change that. Yeah. I want, you know, in Europe, it's just part, it's on the table. It's sustenance. Right. It's, they don't just have cheese when it's a party. Right. You know, it's, a, it's, it's in the fridge.
2: In, and even as an ingredient, a higher right. end cheese can be an ingredient. You know, yes. a, a right. young Conte is, the, is on every turkey sandwich
1: In France. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So I think part of our mission has been to try to figure out how Hmm. to get them to think of cheese, not just for fancy, fancy meals. Hmm. Um, So I think that is, that was the one thing that really, really struck me. Like, you know, as an industry, how are we going to survive if they're only buying it for a party? Yeah, right. Now, there's a lot of parties in Fairfield County. It's great. Right, you know, we're lucky. We have, you know,
2: you're in a nice. We're in.
1: We're in probably one of the best markets to sell expensive cheese in right. the country. Right. We, we are. We know that. Mm-hmm. But even that isn't enough. Like the mark, right. the market is not. If they don't come in more than twice a month, mm. you know, you still right. have to get more people through the door. So you want them to come back for more than twice a month. Right. You need like regular. customers
3: kind of the goal in all in our all our businesses is to educate people so there's an education component in everything we do and by educating hopefully we're getting them more involved and and wanting to come in more Mm. um so that so for us that's you know that's it's kind of like you feel like you're pushing the stone up the hill right um but we keep pushing because Mm. i don't know any other way and whether we can do some kind of you know, cooperative thing throughout the cheese industry to get people more educated and to, to realize that cheese is not just for, you know, not fancy cheese is not for just for parties. Right. Um, It's just, it's just really good cheese. It's good. It's good. Good quality ingredients made. well. Right. I feel like the cheese
1: makers Mm -hmm. are more organized. You know, they have their guilds, the regional regional guilds, the regional guilds are great. And, ACS, um, you know, which obviously we're members of ACS Mm -hmm. as well. But what if, what if there was an association Mm. or a some sort of cooperative marketing for, for independent, independent retailers. you know, of a certain size. Like we would have to figure out what that size right. is. Right. What are the parameters? I sure. think,
2: and you know, it's so interesting. The dairy farmers of Wisconsin are, of course, this amazing example, right? right? And, and yep. Andy talked about that in the show of how in that state, basically the farmers are just pooling their resources and, 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 creating a bigger pool of resources to do more in terms of marketing and promotion for all of them. Right. And it does make sense to me to think about something like that for independent retail.
1: Right. And, you know, marketing and promotion, but, you know, maybe down the line, there's a way of buying. hmm. Right. So, you know, margin in artisan cheese is not great. Right. You know, I think we're probably one of the few shops Hmm. in the country that survives on like we're not a cafe. Right. We don't have a liquor license. I don't sell beer. It's we don't sell so wine. Right. We don't sell cheese plates. Yeah, you're not doing Yeah, we doing... sell
3: half cheese and half everything else.
1: Yeah, our so we're wow. 50%. 50% of your yeah. of your sales. I think it might be Maybe a little 50, bit higher. A yeah. little bit higher in in Fairfield. I think hmm. it's 55% of then, our sales is cheese. Wow.
2: And the rest of it is specialty retail. It's jams, yeah. crackers, yep. some bread, Pasta, cheese platters. Oil.
1: Right. You know, we have a freezer with some mac and cheese in it. Right. Um, we do recent... Well, when we opened Greenwich, we put in a uh, grilled cheese. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, we, we really are trying to protect our, our business not to be a, a cafe. cafe. Right. Right. Because we feel our passion is to sell cheese. Right. And I feel like sometimes when you have to go to the cafe route... It becomes less and less cheese and oh, yeah. I, i've seen it yeah, in definitely. shops you know they have to sort of pivot and change their model and sometimes that's about survival mm. but um we really wanted to guard that so do you feel pressure with that from yeah. customers or no. more from the, the a little industry? little
2: bit seeing how the industry is changing in i
1: think way. i feel pressure from from the industry a little bit Ugh. you know people are always really shocked when they hear we don't sell beer or wine or, or, and and literally we make one grilled cheese. It's, they don't get to choose. (laughs) It's,
2: we're kind of like, (laughs) well, that's like the cheese, you know, my show recently on the cheese collective, they make one pizza every day.
3: Right. That's it. And the grilled cheese is really good. So (laughs) yeah.
1: So there you go. They can add ham. All right. There's a variation for you. They could put a tomato on it.
3: (laughs) Grilled cheese, tomato soup. And a sandwich of the day. Right. Okay. That's it.
1: That's it. And that's it. So lunch. Yeah. Right. And the sandwiches, pretty much, we make them in the morning. When they're gone, they're mm-hmm. gone. You know, obviously, mm-hmm. if we run out early, we would make a few more. But right. they don't get to tell us what we're going to make. We make what we want to make you're
2: getting behind your own vision and i do think that's really that's a strong position to be in and people like that like people like to believe in i mean it's also the reason going back to that whole niche question it's people are trusting your curation of the case you're building all this trust right and Mm. so then when you say we have one sandwich nobody's like well
1: but is it good
2: You know, everybody's like, you've built the
1: trust. So people are like, that's not even on their radar. Right. We've definitely built the trust and we've just clung tight. Mm -hmm. And, and honestly, it's not that easy to cling tight, you know, because I can see the margin difference in a sandwich to a piece of cheese. So it definitely gets tempting tempting when the bills are piling up and, you know, and it's fourth quarter and, you know, I could see (laughs) how it could get really tempting but I feel like we've really just, we hold tight to it. Yeah.
2: So,
1: So, um, does this inform
2: your buying? Like, do you feel like the price point, like you know, how much is the price point, a sticking point for customers in terms of like changing a perspective from fancy
1: cheese to everyday cheese? I think, I think because of the market we're in, Mm. you know, where people have money, it's right. So they have the money to spend, Sometimes I find that people who have money don't love to spend Spend it. it. Yes, and that is true. You know, sometimes people can pull up in a very expensive (laughs) automobile and carry a very expensive... Pocketbook and complain about and complain the thirty dollars a pound cheese. You know, or yeah, or twenty four ninety nine. <laughs> complain, you know, just say, un, you know, question why is it so expensive? Right. But you know, that's our opportunity to right. say, well, you know, this is made on a farm in Wisconsin. It's mm-hmm. made from raw milk. There's a cheese maker with a family. Right. You know, they do everything by hand. It's, right. You know. Yeah, and, and I mean
2: grass-based dairy. I guess know. that's yeah.
1: where you're the added value of the cheese
2: school. The, the trips that you can yeah. offer people. I mean, I would assume that those customers are probably not balking at all at the price of anything because they have more information. Yeah. yeah.
3: And for, for me, you know, 10 years in it's, it, it always keeps coming back to the education mm. of our staff, of our customers, of ourselves, mm. just to keep growing and continually doing, you know, trying to, trying to learn more, trying to get better.
2: What would you say are the two biggest things that you do through the year with your staff to educate them to to
1: increase their own sort of knowledge and passion for the product i think passion building is is amazing when you take them to a farm yeah. You know, a lot of them haven't uh, had that opportunity to, mm-hmm. to visit a farm. We were up in Vermont a couple weeks ago. We visited Vermont Shepherd, mm. um, which was amazing. I had never been there either in yeah. all these years, been buying cheese from them. So we visited Vermont Shepherd, and then we crossed the field to Parish Hill because it's <laughs> right next door. Um, and then the next day we spent with Tom Perry at Shelburne Farms. So fun. And, you know, they petted cows. They saw. They heard from the herdsmen about how they're fed. Right. Um, I think just seeing it really makes them understand mm-hmm. what they're selling better. Right. Um, and then also we do a lot of staff training. Like we'll have, you know, in, Jewel from Essex come in, and mm-hmm. we'll you know buy a bunch of pizza and beer, and taste the cheeses with Jewel, and, and gives do them all at, the information. You're doing it uh, after hours, after yeah. Hours, like
3: yeah.
2: sort
1: of. And yeah.
3: when we do the trips, we shut down on Monday, so we'll leave Sunday and.
2: And, and you close and an. an so close the store. So listeners, the stores, Fairfield and Greenwich Cheese Companies, are closed on Sundays, both yep. of them, right? Yes. Yep. So then you'll close an additional
1: day to do the trip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. And then, you know, letting them come to CMI, for example, mm-hmm. is a big thing. They, right. you know, they get really excited about that. We usually send a couple people to compete, mm-hmm. and they all really want to be there. Well, CMI is on a Saturday, and <laughs> Fairfield, Fairfield closes <laughs> at 8 p.m., Yes. Greenwich closes at 7, so we literally close the store on a Saturday. We close on a Saturday. In June, go. and okay. we okay. let them come. Amazing. We, we stay open until about 3, oh, and wow. they have to they have to clean up wow. and get in their car or the train or whatever. And
2: do you communicate this to your customers, Yes, what you're doing?
1: Our customers ask us all the time, mm. how is that competition? So they're kind of involved yeah. in it,
2: rather than just be... Pissed that they yeah that they couldn't get their cheese that afternoon yeah no they, the, they kind of
1: support that it's hmm. really interesting they yeah. they very rarely are upset that we were closed you know we give them enough notice there's signs there's mm-hmm. social media there's the newsletter right. you know we get the word out that we hey we're going to be closing this. on this day mm-hmm. um, for this
2: and was this something that you did from the get-go. Yeah. Pretty
3: much so, yeah. How
2: did, how could you? I know that we didn't. Our listeners, I don't think we
3: knew. It just felt. Just it just felt it. right. You just
2: wanted to do it.
3: Yeah, we wanted to go. Yeah, it and just then, felt right. Yeah, it felt like the right thing to do. Because if we're going to preach that they should know this, right? Then and we feel that education is important. Then we have to 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 pay. You have to pay the price yeah. to, to educate our right. staff.
2: And right. how did you build that in from a financial standpoint? Because I know that we're <laughs> going to have listeners who
1: are like, "I could never do it. I couldn't do you it." You know what? Know. We. I don't know that it's really built in. We just do it you and just we don't it. even look.
3: Yeah, we bite the bullet Sometimes and Sometimes
1: it's better to not look. <laughs> because because the reward in the end is is better. Right. It's it's worth it's it. It's a
3: better monger with with stories to tell. Yeah. Uh, it's not, an investment. It's in an investment in, yeah.
1: in, in in staff. That's you right. know, I think that, you know, cheesemongers don't get paid a ton. Yeah. You know, I think we probably pay better than a lot. Right. Um, but I think we recognize because you know the finances don't allow for big money right right right. that in order to help them career-wise that we have Mm -hmm. to give them other you know pay them in other ways right so you know when they go and compete at cmi we pay for that i right we pay them their eight hours of each day they're there wow we pay i got them a hotel room because driving an hour yeah yeah it's it's kind of a lot over a three-day period so like you know, it ultimately, what does it cost us? Five hundred dollars. Like in the grand scheme of things, mm-hmm. it's it's worth it. It's worth it. Yeah. That's so inspiring. Yeah.
2: Oh, I feel all the
1: feelings,
2: you guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And on that note, <laughs> we have to end the show. Already? I know. I feel like we should definitely do a follow-up show to this, because I want to talk more about Laura's idea on this whole cooperative, maybe association, association, something. Let's just stick her on your door. You know, a, listeners. And she's Bunker Box. And she, yes, <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh. So, we so did, it's okay, taking Chris, the shop to the world. Chris, <laughs> let's hear it. Since we didn't talk, I mentioned it like four times, and we didn't talk about it at all on the show. Do your elevator pitch for the okay. newest business entity under the Laura and Chris, you know, killing
3: it. So, yeah, small batch artisan <laughs> cheese to as many people as we can get it to across the country. Three half pound pieces of cheese. You either can have it with straight cheese or you can get it with two accompaniments. And we ship nationally for free. $75 and $95 respectively. Wow. And we're, you know, we're trying to get small batch cheese to as many people as possible.
2: Sounds great. Yeah. And yeah. I'll trust you. I'll, I'll order it without even seeing what cheese is in the box. I know it's, it's going to be it's good. It's all going to be good. Yeah. Very cool. Well, I'm glad we I'm glad we mentioned that. Thank you for catching that. No. no. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for being on the Thanks, show. Selena, it was so much thank fun. you. Listeners, thank you for tuning in. Be sure to stop by and visit Laura and Chris at Fairfield or Greenwich Cheese Company next time you're passing through Connecticut. And if you're not coming to Connecticut anytime soon, the Cheesemonger Box is a great way to check out what they do. And listeners, we also love hearing from you. So please message us on the gram at cuttingthecurd or tweet us at underscore cuttingthecurd if that's more your thing. There's always email too. We're cuttingthecurd at Heritage Radio Network. Oh, I said it wrong. It's too much. It's, it's hard to you read an email address. You a lot going on. Okay, so we're cutting the curd at heritageradionetwork.org. That's the actual email address. We'd love to hear your thoughts on our show topics or ideas for what you want to hear about. Cheese-related, of course. We'll be back next week with more Cutting the Curd. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please, join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. I know I've been so blue I pray each night for someone Exactly like you